welcome back. This is my third episode of Smellity Talks. I'm going to start with a little bit of nature. I was outside with Maisie, my youngest, yesterday, and we have this pot, two pots actually, in the front yard, and one has my bell pepper plant with creeping jennies, and then the other one is like my herb pot, and it's got what Thai basil, basil, oregano, and rosemary. There was thyme in there, but it famished. It was, it died first. So with me saying that, oh, oh, thank you, Suzanne, because Suzanne gave me those two things for my birthday. And that was a really good birthday present. So I was touching the herbs. I always encourage Maisie to come out here to out here, out there and just touch everything. I'm, I'm always like, be gentle, be nice. It's a living organism. We need to learn how to appreciate those things. So as I'm touching the rosemary and the oregano, I was telling her, I'm like, smell it, smell it. It smells so good. You know? And I was like, Oh, these are the original scratch and sniff things. <laughs> I was always obsessed with scratch and sniffs. And furthermore, to add to that, I always loved the smelly markers, like the earthworm and dirt. And what was another one that was mint and strawberry, like those Mr. Cento's or Mr. Scent markers and crayons and stuff like that. I used to always love it so much. The chapstick gets me though. I don't know if anybody else eats it, but I totally would take chomps out of the Dr. Pepper chapstick. And I, I love Dr. Pepper. My mom told me this one story one time when I was younger and she always used to tell me that I was like, first she told me I was allergic to caffeine. And then she was telling me that I had such a violent reaction to the Dr. Pepper that one time I like chewed my brother Jeremy's skin off or something like I'd bit him. I attacked him one time. Sorry. But anyway, the flowers that are in the pot with the creeping jennies, I don't remember what they're called. I don't know if they're Gerber daisies or not good with flower names, but anyway, the flower doesn't have a smell. And I'm like, I'm like sitting there smelling it like more and more. And I'm like, this flower doesn't have a smell. It's like so pretty, but it doesn't have a smell. I'm like, I'm like, that's a girl, a really pretty girl with like nice makeup and clothes and stuff, but doesn't have a personality. No smell with a flower. What's the point of that? This week has been so hard and I'm trying to be better about, uh, putting these out at a, on a timely fashion, but I just haven't gotten my groove yet. I've, I think I mentioned that last time I am taking three courses, which isn't very much because, you know, Elliot's brother and his girlfriend, they each take like six classes a piece. Always makes me feel mediocre at best. <laughs> I'm just like, well, you know, I can't handle any much any more than that especially this, this semester, this semester is, uh, history. It's like pre-survey of modern history right now. We're in the fourth century. I'll get to that in a little bit, but I'm taking a history and environmental science and then the statistics. Now I feel like I've said this before. However, it's such a heavy reading load and I find myself writing. Thank you. Elliot just handed me a mule. Thank you. (laughs) It's such a heavy reading load. So I, I do write, like I write all day long and I'll, I have three different things. Like I have a folded up piece of paper in front of me. I have my notes app open for this session. And then I have this notebook 
I write stuff down everywhere. I got a, a freaking calendar in the kitchen where I write shit on. Um, I wrote down, uh, and then the, thank you, and then, and then another calendar sitting behind me that, huh, that I write stuff down on. And I, I'm such an avid document tour that the bo- the baby books that the kids have are just full. They're like busting at the seams. Maisie, I I've kept a record from birth till now. I mean, I've done so good with. I got. I just write notes down everywhere. I'm so scared I'm going to forget something. I'm so scared I'm going to miss something in this life. I'm so scared that I'm going to forget, and I don't want to forget. I'm so scared of forgetting. I don't like to forget. When I get drunk, the first thing I do is fucking forget, you know? Like, I hate that. And, you know, Elliot will tell me, like, oh, you don't remember that? I'm like, oh, my God, that's, like, the bane of my existence. I don't ever like hearing, you don't remember that? I'm like, (laughs) why didn't I write it down? This week has been so busy and, you know, the summer's ending, this time of year, everybody's fucking sick. I swear Matthias has been sick for like three weeks. Turns out he's got strep. Uh, I'm glad to know that it's strep and not something else, but he definitely has strep. And they prescribed him penicillin three times a day for 10 days. I'm like, this guy is going to be wrecked. Like, I feel like I need to put him in a bubble by the fifth day. That's so much penicillin. And he's just going to be a big yeast infection. (laughs) (laughs) That stuff is so bad. Like, it's it's good, but it's it's so bad for you. I I went ahead and got him pre and probiotics. So I'm just ready. I'll feed him sauerkraut in between but he's just gonna be he's gonna be so sick there's been births and funerals and weddings in a condensed amount of time young funerals Uh, our friend Ben passed away uh, on 28th I think and then Miss Gloria Donahue passed away um a couple days ago I, I think it was last week it's just like too many already um close people and then we've had people ha- having babies and then just today there was five weddings so there's just so many endings beginnings and it's it's the fall it's definitely that time of year I remember we lost Tony my Uh, old tattoo artist in September I think two years ago that one hit me really hard and I didn't even like really know him personally but he was just such a cool guy and I cried about that one for I think for the rest of the year a lot of emotions I we went to Key West I mentioned this in the last podcast with Elliot and in sidewalk talk, but we went to Key West last weekend and the week, of course, with the funerals, the one funeral, uh, collectively, everybody was crying. I just feel like everybody was crying. Uh, I went and picked Mira up from school because she was crying. Matthias came home the day before we left for the Key West crying and it's just a buildup of crap. You know, the summers are just rough, tough, tumbling, you know, hot, especially in the South, it's super humid. There's bugs everywhere, fucking biting your ankles. It's just fast paced and you work your ass off balls to the wall all 
summer long. It doesn't matter what job you have. It's always like that. And then the fall, we're tired. You know, I'm exhausted. I just, I can sit here, lean back against the couch and close my eyes and start falling asleep. I guess because of the semester, the summer, you know, since August, you know, we've had two full moons per month and that's been fucking up all the ladies. I'll tell you that. And it's so hard hormonally, you know, for the guys too, to keep up with all of that. I'm not going to leave the guys out because we're a lot to deal with, especially with kids and Maisie is on a schedule for two weeks on, two weeks off. She's always changing. Last week also, <laughs> Matthias came home. This is before he started crying on me, but he said there was two Amber Alerts in our neighborhood. I was like, damn. But honestly, in the back of my mind, I'm like, at least it wasn't my kids. And then I got an email from my floor. I have two bank accounts. I got an email from Vistar saying, don't worry, you're in good hands in case, you know, you need to withdraw large amounts of money before the government shut down on the first. I was like, what the fuck? I texted Elliot. I was like, did you hear anything? Sorry. Did you hear anything about a government shutdown? He's like, no. And I was like, that's weird. (laughs) You know, I only got one thing saying something about a government shutdown and it was from that bank account. So that was just sus, according to Matthias. So we're shifting into holiday mode. I know Mira and Elliot's birthday is coming. And I like to ask, because I grew up poor, we ask about birthdays like way in advance, like months, two, three months in advance just to be ready. So I was asking her what she wanted to do for her birthday, but her birthday falls on election day. So she's actually off on her birthday. So I'm like, fuck it. You want to see if your kids want to come party? (laughs) You know, like your friends. I already texted one mom and she's like, I don't have any plans. I'm like, okay, shit, you know, bring kids. I was pretty much just like, I'm just going to make some food and then, you know, pour some drinks. But, you know, let's have it. But holiday mode we already have i mean we made christmas plans i think in fucking june you know i'm gonna go see my dad he's 73 this year he's old as fuck sent me he sent me a picture of him texting me so my brother micah took a picture of him texting me as he's holding a cat and he doesn't have his shoes on or anything i was like god that is my dad all the way i always thought that he looked like moses he always looked like an abraham to me and i don't know why i i guess because I, I grew up christian baptist you know i was very familiar with all the disciples and stuff and it was like he just he just looked like a deacon you know he had that essence about him so when you look at my dad it looks like he makes bread you know like it looks like he has lived off of beer his whole life. He looks good. I mean, he's, my jeans are good. All of us look the same. But speaking of sleep, um, we're in history. We're reading about China and India. And I yeah, I said I was going to circle back to that. So ancient India, ancient China. We just got through the Greek section, which is ultimately my favorite one. I don't know why I love the Greek so much, but I do. Even the Romans, I love everything, everything, anything about that culture. But India and and China, I, 
used to be such a yoga enthusiast. I've, I've been practicing yoga since I think 2019, since we moved in this house. And at first I was like, oh my God, I'm going to dive into this. I love this so much. It's so good for my body. Cause I'm just like tense, you know, my fucking shoulders right up to my ears. By the end of the day, dude, my fucking neck, I'm doing it right now. My neck like cracks. Like it feels like there's like styrofoam in my fucking neck. It's like so tense all the time. It's in, I, it could be just because I'm fucking sitting down reading, you know, every night, but like I carry so much tension there. So anyway, I started practicing yoga in 2019 and I, I, did it hardcore, just like Elliot. Elliot does the same thing. When you get into something, you want to fucking know everything about it. So you get all the the books, text, um, resources, everything you can to, to, to become an enthusiast, right? Like a hobbyist. You want to really know what you're talking about when you, it comes in conversation. So I started learning Sanskrit, right? Because <laughs> I don't know if any other fucking yoga enthusiast does that, but I do. And I'm really big on languages. I, I love to learn the root words, the where it came from. When, any, anytime I Google anything, I'm like, what's the, you know, what the fuck, bulwark? I didn't know what that word was. But I was reading the thing last night, bulwark. I guess it's like a military term for wall. I was reading The Art of War by Sun Tzu. <laughs> Not the whole book, but just like a piece. And it said something about bulwark. And I, I clicked see more, you know, on the Google Translate. And I wanted to know, like, where I came from. When's the last time it was used? And, you know, all this information is readily available at your fingertips. So, I'm of course, I'm going to fucking read it. Anyways, so I started learning about... Hinduism. I know that's not a completely appropriate word for that religion, but Buddhism, you know, the whole scope, the whole spectrum of where it came from. I just wanted to learn the history of it. And I did that back in 2019. And then further on, I started learning more about the religion and the religious aspect. Honestly, because I, Elliot bought me this yoga mat and it has the namaste or I feel so bad for even fucking saying that there is a term on the mat and I later found out when I wrote a paper on yoga and should you practice it if you are religious or not religious at all that it's disrespectful and I totally get that now I don't fucking use the mat anymore but um because I was learning all this stuff I've actually like pulled away from it a lot, just practicing yoga in its entirety because it's not so much the yoga as a complete picture that I like. It's the mobility. It's the breath work. The breath work is the biggest fucking part of all of it, of exercise. Honestly, if you do any sort of exercise, the breathing is what makes you burn the fucking calories to begin with. You know what I mean? So it's like you can... I've read somewhere in my early 2000 mind that, you know, sleeping burns more calories than it does watching TV, you know? So like, even when people drive, cause I know I do this driving stresses me the fuck out. I am not a good driver. I'm a great co-pilot. If you want somebody to talk your fucking ear off and keep you awake, that's me. You want somebody to make you a taco while you're driving? That's me. I'll bring all of it. I have everything at my fucking feet. You can ask Elliot. I've made him several tacos on the road. 
I'll pour you a fucking drink. You know, anything you want. Anything you want. I'll read you poetry. I'll write poetry. I'll ask you trivia. Like, I'm a great co-pilot. I fucking hate driving. I don't like driving. It stresses me out. But I forgot where I was going. Breath work. Yes. So I notice when I drive, because I hate it so much, that I stop breathing. I will actually hold my breath. And even when I watch TV, it, like we watch Supernatural at night, which is probably not the best time to watch it. But when we watch it, I'll hold my breath when something like super scary comes on. It's just a thing. Um, and I noticed, you know, now in 2023 versus 2019 Melody, that that's the ultimate reason why I like doing it. So this year I discovered, I got to burp one more time. I discovered breath work and it's, owned you know on its own and it makes me feel so good like I've even I've tried to get Mira to do yoga it's too much for her Matthias will do it but he likes to do like hit workouts more well I do a, a lot of different things like I'm teaching myself belly dancing I'm teaching myself kickboxing I like to do all sorts of fucking shit and you know I get bored with something so I end up doing too much, you know, I don't know if there's a name for that, but I always do too much of everything and I end up not mastering anything. I get frustrated sometimes, but I like to, I just like to learn so much and it's just a cultural thing too. I like to learn where everything comes from and I want to appreciate it really. When I did yoga, when I do yoga, I appreciate where it comes from, you know, like not using the mat. I had no idea what I was doing. It's whitewash completely, you know, fucking white people just buy shit we don't know what we're doing we're you know it's not even a it's not meant to be offensive i don't think half the time you know like cultural appropriation that's what my paper was about was is it culturally appropriate to pr uh, practice yoga if you are christian uh if you're a Tao, if you um you know don't have any religion at all in which case i don't i don't practice anything but i do understand that very religious people practice this and it's part of their everyday and they do it not to check it off the list like typically I do. They do it because it's who they are. So I totally respect that. And for that reason, I have moved away from it. Um, so I've been doing more mobility. I've been focusing on um, not Chinese medicine. I don't want to say that I've uh, taken that up, but... I do like to study reflexology and that is definitely Eastern medicine. That's not here. So I like, I guess I have like a mishmash of a lot of different things that I like to incorporate in my, I haven't drank any of it yet. I've been burping so much. We're definitely gonna have to cut some shit out of this one. Cause yes, there we go. I'm back on track now. A lot of the times with yoga, you see a lot of folks talk about let it go and super extremist radical things and to me I do find that to be extreme let it go let it go like fucking Elsa from Frozen yeah we, not all of us can just fucking wander off in the snow and take your clothes off and build ice castles that's just not you know that's not rational and honestly, that's not the right thing to encourage because stress, <laughs> stress is a necessary thing in nature. I, it's just a part of who we are. It's how we're fucking born. You know, fruit, look at us, our mothers 
birthed us from a loopback system found in nature. Tomatoes need stress from the heat to even produce the the plant to produce the fruit. So it's like we need stress and distress. We need you stress the positive form. We need stress. When you're excited, dude, I don't know about you, but when I get excited, I start crying. So it's like it is like it is a release and that's a natural one, but when I'm doing the yoga, okay, and, I, and typically, I don't use typically again, but usually when I do the yoga, they're always like, and let it go. I'm like, you know, when you say that, I don't want to. <laughs> like, I'll do it when it's natural, okay? When it's organically a release, then, you know, I'll do that. But like, even like orgasms, I don't want to go here, but like even with orgasms, if you force it, it's not going to feel as good as it would be if it was just like an organic thing. Like I don't come every time and that's not anybody's fault. It's just like, it's, you don't, you're not, it's, I don't know. You can't let it go. How do you let it go? How do you, how do you let it go manually? How does anybody just sit there and release tension, release the tension. I can't do that. How, how do I not think about something? How do you not, a lot of yogis will be like, you are not your thoughts. Oh, I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, then what am I? <laughs> I am not my thoughts. Okay. Then that leaves it open for you to tell me what to be. Is that what this is? Because I am not that kind of chick. Don't don't do that to me. I'm very fixated on who I am. I'm very stubborn about being me and wanting to be me. So that type of thing does not work for me. How can you how can you be present and then not be present? That doesn't make any sense. So you're telling me that, I, that my thoughts are not who I am but I'm meditating, right? So you're, it's a guided meditation and you're telling me to let go and not let my thoughts be mine. That doesn't make any sense. I've been so questioning this. I I posted on Facebook one time and one gal was being super supportive and Oh, it's a practice. You know, this, it's not really what it's meant to be. Nothing's what it's meant to be. I fucking guess being 32 is really confusing because it's like, I want to be original. Me and Ellie were talking about this last night. I want to be original. I want to be myself, but it's just like so hard, you know, because you're a mom, you're wearing all these fucking hats, you know, I'm a taxi driver. I'm a fucking nurse. I have an otoscope. I was looking in Matthias's ears the other day and you know, I felt so ballsy. I was like, I have a fucking otoscope. (laughs) What other, what other fucking mom has an otoscope in her fucking drawer? You know what I mean? I got so many tools. I don't want to, you know, it's so confusing. I have so many hats and I do so many things and I, you know, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a counselor. I can do all these things. And I, you know, I even boast, I'm like, I am a fucking doctor. (laughs) You know, I am a fucking nurse. I am a good driver. You know, I have to tell myself these things, but it comes and goes. It waxes and wanes with the moon because I don't have that confidence all the time. I am not that person every day. But in Buddhism, I'm going to keep following my itinerary here. In Buddhism, some folks uh, uh, meditate for hours. 
Buddha Vistas or Bonda Vista. I can't remember the name, but some monasteries devote to rigid are devoted to rigid structures of meditation all day long. Like some people, and that's just with the monasteries, but like, I know that some really, you know, the more devout is how it's expressed. The more devout will spend more days in meditation. And I just, you know, I can't do that. I am a mom. I am a wife, I'm a sister, I'm an aunt, I have cousins, I have, I'm part of the school council, <laughs> I forgot about that meeting yesterday, <laughs> I totally did, I had, because I was sitting there falling asleep like I told you just a minute ago, I was sitting there, I was sitting on the couch with Maisie watching what, uh, the Rise of Gru, <laughs> the Minion movie for the third time, you know, I was like, mm. I was definitely falling asleep so what she does is she gets me up she knows when i need to stand up so she's like up down up down up down she's like i want this cereal but no i don't want that cereal i want this cereal i want that one uh, i don't want milk in this one i'm like oh my god you know but it kept me awake and i didn't miss a school council meeting so <laughs> she knew what she was doing but anyway having to meditate for hours and hours and hours to be present but then enlightened at the same time so like I don't understand. So we want to be enlightened, right? But how are we going to do that if we're sitting still, you know, with really when I meditate, you know, your, your heart rate goes down like super low. It's almost like you're falling asleep. When I, when I meditate, it feels like I'm sleeping. Like, like the transient mom sleep, the couch sleep, what I was just talking about. That's totally like meditating <laughs> because you're like there but you're not, and you can hear everything. So like, you're not in immediate danger. You, you'd be able to know if something was coming towards your head or not. So it's just crazy. Like, I don't understand how you could spend so many times. Like, how do you work? We need to work. You know, it's 2023. We have a lot going on. There's so much going on. Oh, everyone always talks about World War III, you know, government shutdowns sporadically. That was so fucking weird. I didn't hear anything else about it, of, of uh, that. And then there was this weird critical alert thing that happened on everybody's phone, and it, like, screamed and screamed. I was like, I know I have my Amber Alerts off, so I, I don't know what this is. I had to look at it, and it was some – I took a screenshot. It was, like, some weird just-in-case – you know, just in case we need to alert everybody at one time, this is that national warning thing. And I'm like, great. <laughs> That's not sus. I do think that yoga is good. I do think that exercise is great. I will admit that it is not a religious practice for me. It is self-care. Let me just say that. It's definitely self-care for me. It's just carving out time for me. I want to be able to keep my body healthy. And really, it's for the kids. It's really for my husband. It's it's not even for me, so to speak. I want to be able to play with them. You know, I want to be the hot grandma. I'm totally aiming for that. I want to be a mobile grandma. You know, I don't want to be fucking at a 90 degree angle when I'm fucking 60. My dad's hot. He's 73 years old and he looks like Abraham and makes bread, but he's hot. I like being able to say that. So is my mom. My mom's, she's a, she's a pretty good looking lady too. And I have that going for me. You know, not a lot, not a lot of people can say that, but I do have good genes in my family. And she had seven kids. I mean, she had like fucking five C-sections, two vaginal birth or three. I don't remember. But the seven kids, you know, and she's still working and she just got a promotion and she's happy and she's got a dog and whatever the fuck. She's great.
Um, and so are my siblings so far. I mean, we're just like have a lot of anxiety, but I think that just comes with being smart. I think the more smart you are, the more anxiety you have because you have more awareness. There's more education. I feel like the people who are more educated just have a broader spectrum of <laughs> mental illness <laughs> disease just because we just we just keep going. We don't know when to stop. And usually we don't sleep well. I will say that we need to be flexible. That's another thing too. Metaphorically speaking, as far as like yoga, you know, I've been trying to teach myself how to do the splits. I want to do the splits just kind of like a handstand just to just be able to say, Hey, I can do a fucking handstand, you know? Uh, it's see how far I can do with the challenge of it. You know, that's what I like to do. I just like the challenge of things. I did powerlifting unprofessionally and sloppy, but I did do it for a long time for like two years. Solid was ragged as fuck on my body. Didn't like it with the C-section scars and stuff. It just made everything hurt. I wasn't, the posture was bad. That's before I was doing yoga. See, I was, when I first got into this kind of exercise or just exercise in general after Matthias, because he was like fourth or something. He was like three or four when I started exercising again. So, that's not even fucking true. I did calisthenics first, okay? Let me just go back farther. Okay, so Matthias was two, three years old. That's when I started working out again. And it was all purely cardio, purely calisthenics. And it was a lot. It's not really hit exercises, but a lot of fucking burpees. I'll tell you that. I did a lot of burpees. I did a lot of ab work. And it was just like huffing, puffing, like just cardio. I focused on that and I was so skinny. I was so small and I did, you know, it worked for me. It did. It worked for me because I was in nursing school. I was going through a divorce and I was working at McDonald's, which is cardio in itself. If you do it the right way (laughs) and it worked for me. And then when I transferred over to the hospital I stopped the calisthenics. I mean, I tried, I kept, but like working 12 hour shifts and like having to turn old people and fat fucks over and do diapers and stuff. It was so mentally exhausting. I backed off a lot and I slept more and I started drinking again and smoking weed. And I was trying to find my groove again, trying to find my groove. And then I finally got divorced and then I was able to like tick something off the list. So I had, bought weights. I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make myself strong, you know, because I was down, I was feeling down. So I picked up the weights and I had no formal training. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was asking around, but I, I just did. I watched videos. That's what YouTube is for. So I watched videos and I listened. I took notes because that's what I do. I'm a good documenter. I love to write shit down. So that's what I did. And you know, Elliot came to my life shortly after that. And I just continued the powerlifting, you know, um, I did the powerlifting. I did pull-ups. I was working pull-ups for a solid year. I wanted to be able to do pull-ups. I was able to do them. You know, I, I got them, but I told you like early in the podcast, my neck, I cannot handle any more tension. Cause that's where my stress is. My stress is held there in my upper shoulders. If you've seen any pictures of me, I'm like a fucking tank up on my shoulders and my arms and stuff. Like I don't even need to work out. It's just stress. (laughs) It gives me that bulk up there already. So I don't even like need to do anything. 
but I did. I worked on the pull-ups and then we lived with his mom and that was just, was a lot going on just moving from there to here. And that had its own thing. And we finally moved out and I got into yoga. We moved into our, our house here. I saw, well, I did. Yeah. I sold the weights like a couple years later, but I got into yoga. I got mats. I got blocks. He got me a strap. And I was like, this is a lot better. This is what I need. And it's just so crazy how life works. Like I said, waxing and waning. It really is. You just find, you got, you got to find what works for you. And I really think flexibility is the most, the biggest thing that you can have in your arsenal. Because like, like I said, metaphorically, flexibility and adaptability is what you need to have in nature or organically the leaves fall when it's time to fall when it's time to fucking start over they just do it you know the they change the color they fall and i'm just going to stick with that because it's fall now but in the spring you know there's a different kind of stress and it's it's time to be reborn it's always the hottest time too because there's everyone's always getting like chickens and puppies and everyone's pregnant it's just so hot i love spring for its own reason in the springtime yeah i love the springtime everyone's got puppies and they're pregnant and it's hot but if you practice if you practice flexibility which is mainly why if you click on a fucking yoga video you want to be flexy you want to be able to do things that you're not normally capable of doing and you know, symbolically, hypothetically, theoretically, you want to be able to do that off the mat too. And that's exactly what happens because if you just the principle of pushing yourself to a limit where you've not gone before, that does something for you. And you know, dieting does the same thing, but you got to, you have to do it in a manner in which you are comfortable because you're not going to be able to fucking do that you know if you if you continue to just do shit that's out of character you're not gonna want to do it and it's gonna be a chore and who the fuck wants to do that who wants to work out where it hurts or who wants to eat greens when you fucking hate kale because kale sucks it's like mean when you like in the words of Maisie it's fucking mean anytime you can't you can't even do anything with kale you might as well just eat a, a, a handful of dry raw kale because it really is so hard to eat anywhere else. If you cook it, it tastes like it tastes like feet. If you cook it down, I am not even a fan of spinach. Kale is its own discipline. It should have its own section in the fucking library because that shit is nasty. To be flexible, to be adaptable, is actually natural i think we're all born with that capability i think we can it's just you know with with being raised and i don't want to blame moms and dads i'm not trying to put anybody on the spot here but a lot of the times and throughout the years you know because my mom was born in 62 dad was born in 50 the things were different in parenting back then so like i'm just going to use for example oh go 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 give him a hug I hated doing that. I didn't want to give nobody a hug. Their breath stinks. I don't want to fucking hug that guy. So that's an example like of boundary. So like 
I don't want to force that on anybody. I don't want to force that on my kids. Like, I'm not going to make you hug nobody. And if you tell me, yeah, please tell me. If you don't want to hug somebody, you got to tell me that too. So the communication has to be open. But being flexible and and adaptable is a thing that you're born with, right? And my point is with me pretty much going around the bend here to get to this point, but like parents kind of, when we're born, they, they kind of, uh, bend those boundaries a little bit because like I was born, I was, yeah, I was raised that way. Go give them a hug, share. That's another thing too. I don't want to make my kids share. And maybe that's selfish because I'm the third of seven, but I don't, you know, we don't have to share sippy cups. I don't want her to share her fucking sippy cup with you. I don't want her to share her blanket. Mira had this blanket and I st- I don't know where this blanket went, but she had this blanket and I barked at kids. Don't touch it. Cause I used to babysit whenever she was young. That's what I did when Mira was little. Um, she don't have to share that. Nah. Mm-mm. And in fact, if she was playing with those blocks first, she doesn't have to fucking share them with you either. You know, I was very, I would, you can call me a helicopter. I got made fun of a lot when Mira was little, but honestly, dude, it's discretion. Teach your children fucking discretion. If you guys taught your kids discretion, I wouldn't have to teach your kids that you have to do that. I hated that shit. No, we don't always have to share. Mm -mm. I believe that sharing is definitely important, but I'm going to be watching because I don't want my kids boundaries to be violated because you can't teach your child how to properly share something or not share something or not to touch or steal her fucking sippy cup. So with me saying that, yes, we should be flexible. Yes, we should be adaptive, but it's all about discretion. My mom really pressed that into my skull. You have to have discretion. You have to have discretion. And, and and my kids know what that means, hopefully. If you were to ask them, I hope that they would know. But they, uh, I made a note here. <laughs> There's so much construction everywhere um, in regards to flexibility and adaptability. Everywhere is just... Tr- the GPS can't even ca- like catch on to how much construction there is everywhere you go. Even going down to the keys, everything was fucking broke up on the side of the road. There was shit parked on the side. They were actively pouring concrete. Like there's just so much construction everywhere. So, you know, if you were to practice adaptability on the mat, then you could carry it on to driving. Like for somebody like me that doesn't like to, and I get so stressed out when I see lane merges in 1000 feet. I'm like, (laughs) but you know, if I'm practicing my breath work, (laughs) maybe I won't hold my breath this time, you know, and I'll be able to shift and merge and not have a fucking panic attack. Like I did on the plane on the Key West trip. Meditation should be practiced, but not in a fashion to which you are starving yourself in a seated position alone. That's what I wrote here. I'm not an extremist or a radical, so I don't think that those measures would be helpful for me. I mean, maybe if you're more hardcore, but still, I don't think that sort of discipline is helpful because like that's an extreme and we don't need to be extreme. You don't need to wash your hands five times to be clean. You know, that's just not, that's not necessary. You know, 
I get in arguments with Elliot and he's probably going to be upset, but like we have oils on our skin that naturally protect us from getting sick. That's the biggest organ of our body is the integumentary system. Our skin is number one, you know? So when you see somebody with like eczema or psoriasis or something like that, that's how you know, like, Ooh, something's, something's wrong. You know, like if your skin is trying to tell you something is wrong like that, like hardcore all over your body, something's going on, you know, your immune system is like struggling, but we don't need to, we don't need to even shower every day. Like you don't necessarily need to, like if you, if you work in the fucking pipeline, you know, or like the coal mine (laughs) or what else is another dirty job? Like you pick up trash, like you throw the fucking trash. Maybe that's like an exception, but like you you don't really need to take a shower every day. You could like take a whore bath, you know, go in there, like wipe your ass, your armpits or something. But I don't, I don't believe, and I'm not a hippie or anything, but I don't think that you need to take a shower every day. Like you don't need to wash your hair. I'm sure you've heard that. Like, you don't need to wash your hair every day, especially if you're white. You don't need to do that. That shit would dry out, get fucking dandruff everywhere. But it's balance. It's adaptability. It's a flexibility thing. I don't think, like, these these carnivore diets, dude, keto diets. Like, when I first heard, I think... I think Elliot was the first one to tell me about the keto diet. And I was like, are you talking about, are you talking about the diabetic thing? He's like, what do you mean? Like the, the the keto acidosis, keto metabolic acidosis or some shit like that. Ketosis. And he's like, well, yeah, kind of. I was like, that's bad for you, man. (laughs) It's like, I don't think, I think that sends you to the hospital. I don't think you're supposed to do that, but you know, it's, it's fucking all the rage right now. I just don't, you know, I still don't agree with it. I don't like that. I don't think that you should completely cut things out back in the nineties and the early two thousands. It was all about eating a, a colorful diet. They were saying that you need a lot of variation of things. Like, of course, moderation is key. That's throughout the centuries has been like the number one thing, which is going to be my next point. But even with diets, like you don't need to be so radical. Like just, just have the noodles, Victoria, eat the fucking elbow noodles. If you want, if you want a pasta dish, eat a pasta dish, make sure that there's some fucking spinach in there. You know, like, come on, put some balance, eat some peas. Like whenever I serve, cause sometimes I'll serve just, just fucking elbow noodles, put the shit in some salt water, you know, boil them up for, for lunch, uh, you know, during the week or whatever. But I serve it with peas and carrots. I've just fucking frozen dollar bag at Walmart, peas and carrots. It doesn't have to be extraordinary, but it's, it's something, it's a balance with the pasta that makes, that makes it better, you know, like, and Maisie eats it. She will. And so will Matthias. Matthias, I've never had a problem with him eating anything. Maisie is the more vocally stubborn one about eating, but even she eats it. She's a, she's a pretty good, pretty good eater too. So my next point is going to bring up Aristotle. Uh, he mentions the golden mean or the golden middle, uh, which means moderation, right? So too much, for example, too much generosity is extravagance, but too little means stinginess or greediness, you know? So like, it's essentially the same thing. If you're fucking poor, 
and you want so much to have the other, you're going to be fucking stingy. If you're extravagant, right? You're just going to be frivolous and nothing's going to mean anything. So it's like, it's like it cancels each other out and you want to find yourself in the middle. And he says, honestly, mediocrity is the best. He was the one that said that the middle class is where you should be in government because of these principles because if you have too much money if you have too little money we don't want these classes we want to be right in the middle which is unfortunately nowadays isn't pushed for however i don't follow that bandwagon i like to be where i am and i you know i think that we are middle class i find that we are in the middle and I've always found myself in the middle, actually, actually, because throughout my whole fucking life, I am the third of seven. I've already mentioned probably several times now. Uh, I'm proud of it, right? Because I, that's a big part of who I am. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I like it. I like it right where I am. I don't want to be anywhere else. I'm very happy with where I am. The Greeks, I'm going to keep on this one. The Greeks didn't have a sad religion, but instead they glorified attributes uh, are human qualities such as generosity and i find this so attractive i love this let me burp taking a turn from the hinduism and the buddhism that i mentioned earlier because i don't want to bash anybody's religion because honestly i really love to learn about these things and learn the history of these things but the the, the Greeks, they didn't have a religion. They just took the qualities of themselves and they personified them and made fucking statues out of these people. And it's just so awesome because that's something that's more attainable. That's something that you can be for real, you know, because going back to the radicalism with specifically Christianity, why would you say walk as as god did or make yourself in the image i don't know what the word is uh oh mirroring god's image that's right why would you say that because a lot of people don't love themselves enough to even fucking fathom that you know like walk as jesus did or be as jesus was but jesus was spectacular (laughs) you know like he was just beautiful and humble and just the perfect balance right the golden balance of everything how can people do that so a lot of people don't even they don't even love themselves enough to do that it just seems unrealistic it doesn't seem attainable for even for even me you know and i'm not christian i was raised christian I chose to stop being Christian, though, when I was asked. She was like, you want to keep going to church? I said, no. So at 13, I knew I didn't want to follow that that path anymore. My mom was a, a very good Christian lady. She she did really well. Uh, so did my dad, because, in fact, he was a deacon. <laughs> he was a deacon for a long time. Whew, you scared me. Yeah, so, yeah, I was 13. Mom asked me if I wanted to, and I was like, No. And she did. She respected that. That was cool. She did give me a lot of autonomy. I will give her that. I'm very independent because of my mom. And, you know, being the third of seven, I have to take a lot of care of my siblings. So, And we're going to have Christmas with them this year. So that'll be cool. But a lot of people don't, um, they can't mirror Jesus. They don't love themselves enough. And it's, you know, we should 
but we don't. It's it's easy because it's um it's not it's not I'm going to go back to this point of mediocrity. It's not um what's the word? It's not emphasized to be mediocre. Everybody wants gold on their wrists and in their mouth. They want gold everywhere. And maybe that's not anything new. Maybe cuz you know, look at Egyptian deities you know they they were buried with gold everybody wants gold but like it's okay to be you you know to be an original guy to be an ordinary guy I'm gonna give credit to Elliot because he's like I'm a really good ordinary guy and I remember him saying that I was like dude that makes so much sense, you know, because I'm super like hardcore against the whole trend setting bullshit. I'm not following. I'm not a fucking sheep, dude. My forehead is too big and and too too big of a philosopher's chamber to follow along blindly to anything. I question the shit out of everything. And I, I used to pester my mom to death. What does that word mean? What does that word mean? What does that word mean? And just like Matthias, it's he's definitely my son. Questioning the shit out of me. And it's not because it's disres- he's being disrespectful. It's really because he just wants to know and he wants to be on the same page. And that's how I was when I was younger too. Just like I said, I love to look up words. I want to know what the those that vocab means and, and and that's why i started teaching myself russian spanish i mean i can speak spanish it's elementary but i can speak spanish and i can understand spanish more importantly i can understand it so like if there's people speaking spanish around me i eavesdrop hardcore i love to that's what i like to do and i'll be like do you know what they just said <laughs> i'm like do you know what they just said they're talking about their car <laughs> But anyway, back to that mirroring God's image, and that's unattainable. It's just not something that people should should do because a lot of the times you hear these drug stories and it's that hits close to home, you know, addiction because there's so much addiction in my family and I'm borderline. I'm like drinking a drink right now. It's so borderline in my family. I hear a drug story and I get super upset. Like I just get, it hurts my heart. It hurts my feelings. Cause I understand how hard it is to not find comfort in that. You just want to laugh. You know what I mean? I, I understand they just want to feel normal for a second. They just want the anxiety to go away, you know, for whatever reason. But the people, me, me saying this is because they turn to God, right? They turn to Christianity. They start going to church. They start being radical Bible thumpers after this, or they turn to carnivore diets, something that's equally as radical, which does not help with their problem. Their problem is, is that they don't think that they deserve love, right? Like they don't think that they deserve to accept love or even further. Yeah. They don't accept it. They don't think they deserve love. So I don't think turning to another sense of radicalism is going to help them. It makes it hurt more. And then, God forbid, they get on some sort of anti-anxiety medication that doesn't do anything. You know, in fact, it gives fucking nightmares. (laughs) A lot of the time, people, the doctors will prescribe a sleep medication that doubles as an anti-anxiety. And those are the worst. And they constipate and they give all these other horrible symptoms, which makes it so much harder for the spirit to fucking lift itself. You know, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't prescribe two hour meditation starving yourself either, but like we need to ease up. 
you know, maybe not add, maybe, maybe take something away, maybe, or add, it depends on what you need, but you further, you need to know what you need, right? You need to, you need to love yourself more. Maybe people who are finding themselves addicted to drugs just want to laugh, you know? Okay. So if they just want to laugh, maybe they need to go to comedy shows, you know, maybe they need to ease up on something else. Um, or, or if it's an alcohol, go have a drink at the comedy show. You know, like you got to find what works for you. Just like how I did with exercise, because I, like I said, I'm borderline an addict too. Like I grasp at things. I hold on to things tight, tight, tight. So like I have to find something that works for me. And I did, you know, like as far as exercise goes, not drinking or fucking whatever, but or coffee or some people are really addicted to coffee. But, you know, you got what's the reason they're they're reaching out for caffeine? You know, do they feel like they have to go, go, go? What is it that about this, the substance that they want? It's, um, that's why I loved working on the mental health floor. I, I asked questions like that and it wasn't even my scope of practice. Like I, I was just a CNA, but I was just curious, you know, for my sake, maybe a selfish standpoint. But ultimately it was not the selfish selflessness you know, that sort of thing. Compensation, overcompensation. That's metaphorical. I love metaphors, but not to speak in metaphors at this time. My, like I mentioned before, my neck is really, really tight. My shoulders are really tight. Like my traps just like, they're so tight that they are not as flexible, right? So ultimately they're weak. It's that extreme, the pol the polar opposites here. They are really tight. They look really strong, but ultimately, you know, they're not flexible. They don't do, they don't have the range of motion as they should because they are overly worked and that's excess. It's too much excess. You know, there's not a, a good median. Uh, same with a lot of um, pelvic floor disorders, you know, the women that pee on themselves, the women that are constipated all the time, the pelvic floor dysfunction, you know, they're, I love to read about this too. The people who give birth, you know, cause I didn't, <laughs> I, I had C-sections, so I don't have that problem, but the women that, uh, urinate upon excitation, you know, just, they just pee cause they get tickled or whatever. That's a weak pelvic floor, you know, um, the girls being constipated, most of the time it's really because the pelvic floor is too tight. So those, the too tight means weak, you know, and it's the same thing. It goes back to that thing that Aristotle said, you have to be in the middle because too much of one thing is the same as too little of something. It's so crazy. The yin and yang of that. And, and that yin and yang is not fucking Greek. That's Chinese, but it all circles back to each other, to one consciousness like Buddha. Our psoas muscles, that's another one, especially because I've been sitting down so much at night, like right now, what time is it? It's 1041. Generally speaking, I would be at my table in the kitchen, crisscross applesauce, actually like how I'm doing right now, hunched over reading my fucking documents and stuff. Those psoas muscles, the ones that run like right under your hip bone on the front of your thigh are so tight on most people and they don't even realize it. 
they're so tight that they actually will shorten the muscles themselves are so bound and they, those are the ones that are involved in splits, right? They're the ones that really are involved in most shit because they're your legs, but there's so much tension that it resides there. And because it's, um, attached to your, your hips, right? A lot of emotion is tied in there. So some people are ticklish, right? Some people hold a lot of tension there and they release it with laughing, right? If you touch their psoas muscles, it's either, well, it's either sexual or it's tickling. Most people laugh, but those ones, they shorten, I guess they atrophy like anything else, but I wanted to specifically point those out because you have a minor and a major psoas muscle and they do so much. They will you know what? They are involved in your posture as well because of the way that they, if you look it up, um, it's really beautiful. They are so involved in your pelvic girdle that it does affect your posture. So think about it. If they're shortened, those muscle bands that are on the front of your legs, they shorten. You're going to have that like hunched kyphosis. I think it's kyphosis. It's not lordosis. It's kyphosis. Like the, the old folks, you know how their shoulders like bow forward. It, that will happen to the young people that have really short, tight psoas muscles, and they and then they they don't stretch them out properly. Uh, that definitely leads to poor posture, and that's going to ultimately make you feel less of a person. You're gonna if you start hunching inward like that and sinking into your pelvis, you're actually going to have like prolapse, like vaginal prolapse, like like anal prolapse. Like you're gonna your pelvic floor is gonna actually suffer from that the most because it's you're bending forward and you have less integrity. It's so psychosomatic, which is leads me to my next point. I didn't even have to look at it. But the psychosomatics of that, I'm going to give credit to that to Freud. I love Sigmund Freud also. The psychosomatic meaning like your brain body connection. All of it is so intertwined mentally and physically that I can just look at you sometimes and not to be invasive. I'm I'm such an invasive, aggressive person anyways. I try trying not to be since it's been pointed out to me that I make a lot of people uncomfortable but if I look at your fingernails and I see ridges, you know, like horizontal, horizontal ridges, you've had a traumatic response, at least in the past month. Like I already know that you've had some kind of like digestive distress because only because I used to have them. When I first met Elliot, I used to have a lot of ridges in my thumbnails, like, um, and that I don't even know how to explain this, but like, like IBS when I failed nursing school and got divorced, like all in one year, I had like two horizontal wrenches, yeah, uh, ridges in my thumbnail and they went away eventually, but it was after I moved here. So I know that if you have ridges in your nails, that's definitely tied to some kind of traumatic response. Um, and I can back that up with my nursing books, but I don't know the page numbers or the authors at this time. But if you want me to tell you, I could totally recite them for you if you message me. But things like uh, stress hair or bags under your eyes, 
acne. You know, acne is totally digestive, which ties to estrogen, which ties to hormones, which I can totally pick up on just by the smell. Really, I've mentioned that I can smell people and, and like know if your estrogen levels are are high or your testosterone levels are high. A lot of people don't like that bo smell, but I don't really mind it. I can tell the difference though between a hormonal smell and a bacterial smell. Bacterial smell is just so offensive. I'm like, change your clothes. You know, I can smell your fucking feet from over here pretty much. Like, you've got some kind of yeast infection somewhere. I'm so familiar with yeast smells, just probably because I'm a chick. That's so crazy. I'm following along with this, and I'm not even looking at it. The very least, I guess the principle of the whole psychosomatic speech is the cause and effect. Uh, A lot of people don't like to admit to this, but human beings are obsessed with cause and effect, whether they realize it or not. You know, women right now anyway are like, oh, yeah, I listen to true crime murder podcasts. You know, you don't hear a lot of men saying that, but women no so at no surprise love true crime and it really is just because of cause and effect people like cause and effect i mean most horror food food of most horror flicks films they it's a storyline it's a plot who doesn't like a fucking plot you know we all like horror films we all like hero films we all like things that have a cause and effect a a means to an end females are just not afraid to to say that they like horror films but we all like it we all need it it's how we've survived this long. Oh, if I cry, she'll pick me up. You know, it's, you know, it's fucking innate. We're born that way. We love that. We're cerebral beings. We are habitual beings. We are addictive people. We love cause and effect. <laughs> just admit the shit. Just admit it. If you like the way cigarettes make you feel, just fucking say that. God damn. It's 2023. If you like to smoke fucking cigarettes, just say that. I don't care. You know, it's taken out of everywhere. They, I remember the year, this makes me feel old, but I remember the year they made it like illegal to smoke in, in restaurants and stuff. It was just a smell. It was just another smell. Everyone's growing up. Everybody smelled like cigarettes. (laughs) Some days, sometimes I'll walk around and I'm like, you smell that? I smell cigarettes and I don't even smell. It's probably just part of my DNA at this point. Cause I was raised with smoke in the kitchen, eating my Reese's puffs at the kitchen table, you know, just part of who I am at this point. But I have another point here, smelling odorous. And I don't want to say stink because stink sounds negative, but uh, going back to the bacterial smell cause and effect you know i i'm aware that i smell like fennel when i'm sweating i know that i have a smell that lies in the spectrum of celery and onion so i will i'll put deodorant on if i if i'm going to some event like i'm going to a comedy show with elliot i'm putting layers of of shit under my arms and i'm putting the rihanna on i'm gonna make sure that i don't smell like fennel in the comedy show But these women, 
there are women out here that just walk around and they have a smell. And I know that they smell that. And I know they know what I'm talking about. The the sit down air, you know, they, they stand up and you smell it. And it's just like, how do you not, how do you not use cause and effect? You know, most women listen to fucking true crime podcasts. How do you not use that on yourself? Like you, we, these women, these people don't love themselves enough, you know, and mere and God's image or whatever the fuck, please, you know, I've been there, done that probiotics for three months shit clears up i know that like some people who deal with ibs on a constant basis or crohn's disease i know that it's hard but if you were to just take probiotics and and drink your water and stop drinking fucking soda uh it would help tremendously because i like i said been there done that that is one smell i don't want to walk around smelling like sweet bacterial imbalance that's not how i want to smell and i don't want to put that on my man either because you know the man isn't going to tell you that they don't like it they're just i love you baby i love you you know i'm not gonna that's that's just not that's just not me three months prebiotics probiotics it'll clear it right up i got a link for amazon if anybody needs that you are good enough try to be good and do good it is good enough. We are all good enough. Mediocrity is good. Modesty is good. You got to teach your children too. I, that's another thing too. Like having kids, you have you have to teach these kids come to the world, and it's just it boggles me how you don't how some most people don't invest in their kids in this way like. You got to know your body. You got to know your body first. Like before you even get pregnant, you got to know your body. You got to love your body. Your body is, uh, is, is growing a human being. Why wouldn't you want the best for your child? Like even from the get, like before I, I take care of my body and that's why my kids have been so healthy. All three of them. I haven't had any, you know, knock on wood. I haven't had any problems with their health. Like they're good. They, they're good. So my point in saying that is you have to love yourself enough in God's image or not. You have to love yourself enough to be able to teach the the babies that whether they're your fucking kids or not, you know, teach the children. The children are the ones that are going to be taking care of us. You know, we're about to go on the fucking ground. So you're good enough so are they they don't have to wear a fucking cape you know they or or special boots or whatever the or have gold teeth you know if they want to pick their fucking nose let them pick their nose you know whatever go wash your hands who cares or you know who fucking care don't wash your hands i don't give a shit i'm saying that for myself because i love to pick my fucking nose that's one of my favorite things to do we're raising these kids to not need us. You gotta remember that. We're human beings are good enough. As the look at the Greeks, the fucking 
4,000 and, and not 4,000, sorry, the fourth century, you know, as far back as, as the fourth century, I said the fourth century just because I'm holding my necklace and this necklace was made in the fourth century of, um, Alexander the great here. I love this necklace. I got it in Key West, but they thought that their human qualities were good enough to put into a statue. They, they glorified, if you want to look at it like that, they glorified the whole human being. Their statues are so attractive. They, just the toes, if you look at just the statue of Nike, Nike doesn't even have a fucking head, you know, like, but the, the detail of, of the statues and that time frame is so, I don't want to say sexy, but it's like so beautiful. Just, I want to touch them so bad and I don't think you're allowed to, but I, they look soft and um, supple and they look human it's just it's so crazy i i really tried hard to teach the kids my kids actually all kids really to love their body to really know their body um to listen to their body and that's difficult I know that's difficult. Listen to your heart. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I can't do that, but not yet anyway. But I am good. I am fluid in body language. I do know if something needs attention. I do know if something changes. I do know a lot about my body and my kids too. You know, like Bubby came home that day saying his ears were draining. I got my fucking autoscope out. You know, who has a fucking autoscope? Melody does. <laughs> I looked in his ears, you know, I, anytime that they come to me and they say they have a need, they need something looked at. I don't fucking look at it. And that's what I want from them. And that's it. That creates not only, let's get complex with this, not only does knowing yourself first build an awareness, which is necessary for every bit of change. Awareness is like, I mean, that's enlightenment, right? I mean, if you want to get religious, uh, awareness is enlightenment. We don't need to meditate on that. That's pretty obvious. That is communication. It's awareness. It's communication. Um, it's confidence. It is character. These, these things are so important. Not only the children, it is important for, for everybody. You know, it's, we need to encourage our friends, our, our family. We, we should teach, you know, if I know these things, oh my God, it's my responsibility. I feel like it's my obligation to share this wealth because this is what I feel is wealth is health. You know, like I want to share this. I have it and I want to share it. That's a big thing. That's a big part of, of who I am right now. It teaches love. It's profound. It's, immeasurable these things that can be taught from the ground up this is what we're this is how i've raised them from the beginning and they ultimately can teach other people they can teach their friends they have good friends you know the cause and effect learning the mind and body connection 
mental, physical, the psychosomatic. It can help with any kind of ailment because I, well, Matthias has been sick for three weeks, but not that I, not because I haven't been monitoring it. I've definitely been monitoring it. I just hoped that he was going to be able to kick it in the ass, but he didn't. The, this whole the whole principle of the awareness and the communication and the confidence that sets them up better for inward, it teaches like an inward communication because if we're harboring, if I'm harboring the inward communication, it's going to build confidence and he's going to know what he's talking about and he's going to feel better about who he is. And it's going to be more of a more rounded little guy specifically with Matthias, just because he was the first one that came out of my mouth. Additionally, children need to be encouraged to try things, embrace things, especially if you're the parent doesn't like something. So say you're insecure about your body, right? You still need to teach them, you know, you still need to teach them that they love themselves you know it's okay uh, you don't have to give uncle joe a hug but you you should love your hair your hair is very pretty it's healthy you know um sorry your feet stink you have stinky feet but it's okay we'll just take a shower you know like it's whatever you still have to you still have to teach the kid to like themselves because who are you that's not you. I mean, ultimately it's you, but he's a whole person, right? Like you have to teach them that they're a person too. They, they, they need to, they need to love themselves. It's it's just so hard. I'm getting upset. I, I, I couldn't work with children. There was a point in time where I wanted to be a teacher. My mom was pressing for it. She's like, you don't want to be a nurse, which she was right about, but she's like, you should be a teacher. You should be, you should be a teacher. And I was like, I don't know if I could even be a teacher. I don't like the way people raise their kids. I don't, I think I I could raise their kids better than them. And that's just the way I feel. I couldn't be a teacher. I get too personally offended like bugs. So on that note, so many people are afraid of bugs and it's like, there's more bugs on this earth than there are people. And I think it's important that (laughs) you get accustomed to bugs because they're just everywhere. You know, we probably eat a lot more than we think. There's probably some in my bed right now, you know, like Get the fuck over it, which are microplastic. We eat plastic. Get the fuck over that, too. And I don't give a shit if there's human DNA in hot dogs. I'll probably still eat them, too, especially because it's camping season. We're going to go camping. I'll probably eat a fucking hot dog or two. I don't care. Who cares? But bugs, I think it's principle. I think it is so foundational to teach your kids to not be scared of these fucking bugs because it's not doing them any favors. Like, why are you going to act like that when it's just a fucking palmetto bug? Get over it, dude. Those guys are really fast and they can like jump scare me, but it's not a matter of like being scared of it. Like, come on, let them pick up a fucking worm. That is another thing. That's nature. That's earth. We are that. 
we are that, teach them to be nice as of course under discretion user discretion if it's a fucking scorpion don't let her pick it up but you know leave it alone right give it be respectful don't let her rip the leaves off the bush when we're walking by it in the park that's not nice it's a living organism we need to teach that you know have the discretion teach the kids to be nice it's a living thing we're going to be returning to that one day not that they need to know that at two years old but that is the cycle and we love cycles <laughs> we love the krebs cycle we love the fucking cyto um photosynthesis we love the fucking glycolysis we love cycles we love cause and effect go ahead and teach the kids now to be nice to the goddamn worm on the ground you know we we're gonna re be returning there one day we're gonna be a fucking worm you know uh <laughs> reincarnation transmigration buddhism i guess this podcast was about religion i didn't realize that i was writing about that but this is what i like to talk about so that's it that's all i have so this is going to wrap up my third episode of smellity talks i'm so glad that you listened and i'm looking forward to writing another one <laughs> <laughs>